Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. family. Steven Langford in with you. We got a lot to get to today. I want to take a look at the 49ers rookies, kind of give an update with them, including some of the undrafted free agents and what their future holds, because there have been some interesting tidbits that have come out. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator for the 49ers spoke yesterday about Samuel Womack. We're hearing some good things about Spencer Burford, Drake Jackson. Looks like he's on his way to possibly being the guy opposite Nick Bosa on that defensive line on the edge. The rookies this year, they're it's it's shaping out to be looking pretty good. So I do want to get to that at about 535. Uh, this first half hour, it's going to be a grab bag of sorts. There are a few different things that I do want to focus on. Uh at 5.15, and I'm not talking about the A's game, so just get that out of your heads. What happened, I believe it was in left field, at the top of the left field bleachers. I'm not going to mention that, but I saw something yesterday take place at a Yankees game, which might be one of the nastiest things that I've ever seen. And no, again, it doesn't have to do with the A's game. It has to do with food. Specifically beer and a hot dog. So I do want to get to that at 5.15. But in this first segment, there are a couple of things from yesterday. Obviously, we didn't have any Giants to react to. And finally, I think we all needed a little time off uh, from the Giants and what they were doing. Uh, But there are a couple of things that I saw yesterday which piqued my interest. And I'll start with what happened in the Little League World Series. Because I actually got something that happened in pro baseball. Something that we focused on Earlier on in the season, milestones that could be reached and Albert Pujols is just on a crazy tear, so I do want to get to that. Uh, But I saw this from the Little League World Series. 
And I know. Slow news day, huh? Little League World Series. Well, yeah, but I saw this. And this is my favorite thing that I've ever seen out of the Little League World Series. Ever. So normally when you have the hot mics, you have the coaches, you have the inspirational speeches, the motivation. You know, we've already had some moments this year at the Little League World Series. We had that moment where the pitcher hit the batter in the head. Then the batter goes up to him and has to console him on the mound, gives him a hug. Shows a sign of sportsmanship because the pitcher was distraught after hitting him in the head. You see some moments like that, which really grab you at the heartstrings. Well, this moment isn't exactly like that. But in the Little League World Series, it was Washington versus Iowa. It was an elimination game. And Iowa was up 6-3. to Okay? So Iowa has a 6-3 lead. And there are two runners on base. Two runners on. The pitcher throws what looks like a strike. They call it a ball. And then the following pitch throws a ball, calls it a strike. And then the pitch after that throws another strike, but they end up calling it a ball. And the, the, the zone is just all over the place. So the coach goes out to the mound because there are two runners on. And again, it's 6 3. So one swing of the bat can change the game and tie the game. But this kid, as they go up with the hot mic and the coach is walking up to the mound and the players are all getting in a scrum so that they can decide what they're going to do here, one kid is a conspiracy theorist. Half the Iowa team was off the field, or at least making a move to leave the field. But with the walk, it brings up Braden Rudolph as the tying run. Nothing we can do about that strike call, okay? <laughs> <Hang> <laughs> this kid thinks that ESPN is rigging the World Series so that the other team can come back. I love this. I love this. Now, the Little League World Series is weird. If you ever watch the Little League World Series at all, the umpire strike zone can be very questionable. It can be very questionable. Like, it feels like pitches that are thrown way outside of the strike zone, way off the plate. Sometimes they get called a strike, and then no one even bats an eye, pun intended with bats. But sometimes... They're just so egregious that it doesn't make sense, so the strike zone is just out there. But you just blame that on, well, it's a Little League World Series, and these guys are, after all, Little League umpires. Now, they may have, you know, made it through the ranks. They've made they've they've done their time uh, doing Little League games, and I believe they volunteer uh, for these sorts of things. It's tough to get in. I mean, a lot there are a lot of volunteers that they can only narrow it down to so many. Uh, but these umpires are still Little League umpires, so they may get a call wrong every now and then. But this kid thinking that ESPN is rigging their game, it, it's my, it's the it's my favorite thing that I've ever seen. I don't know if he's the one who thought of it. I don't know if it's his parents. 
You know, I could easily just picture his dad. I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. I haven't been watching a lot of Iowa baseball. I haven't watched a lot of Little League World Series this year. Haven't caught a ton of it. Uh, but I imagine that when when the dad is talking to the son and giving him advice on what to do. Hey, if anything goes your, if anything doesn't go your way. Just know that you're on ESPN. ESPN rigs all these sports. Can you imagine watching pro sports with this kid's dad? He's probably like, oh, the NBA's rigged. The NFL is rigged. Baseball is rigged. The baseballs are juiced. Just conspiracy theories throughout sports. I love that. I love that. We need more of that in Little League. Nothing, nothing we can do about that strike call, okay? <laughs> nothing we can do. It's not ESPN, Timmy. It's not ESPN. All right, get over it. That was just a bad call by the ump. I love that. Well, then, you know, the best part, too, is that, you know, ESPN was rigging that game, and Iowa, the team that that kid is on, uh, they still won. <laughs> it was the bottom of the sixth. And they had two outs, and there were two runners on. It's a little far from ESPN getting rigged, but I love it. I love it. Uh, so that's one thing that I saw yesterday that I love. But going on to the major leagues, and this was something that I talked about at the beginning of the season. Leading up to the baseball season, there was a, a week, the week leading up to it, was just doing uh, some different lists. You know I'm a big list guy here on the pregame show. I love lists. You know, you give me a top 10 list, I'm going to look at it. I think USA Today actually has an entire website that's dedicated to lists. I love that. It's listwire.usa today, and that's not a joke. You can go look it up. They just create random lists. I love lists. Big list guy. But I was doing some lists, creating lists before the season, and one of them was milestones. Now, there are plenty of milestones that could have been reached this season, and Albert Pujols was on that list, and Albert Pujols yesterday, on his way to possibly hitting 700 home runs, hits home run number 693. The 1-2, and Pujols hits it out to deep left, and the wall, gone! 49th different pitcher he's hit a home run against he's tied with Bonds first all time also his 30th career homer at Wrigley 6-9-3 Valley Sports Midwest on the call now number 693 I did not have that on the Albert Pujols milestone with Albert Pujols I said by the end of this year he'll most likely be 12th in runs 10th in hits Sixth in at bats and plate appearances, fifth in doubles, fifth in home runs, and fifth in games played. But I didn't think he'd get anywhere close to 700. This dude is on an absolute tear right now, and over his last 10 games, his slugging percentage is 1.3. 1.3. Whenever you're over the ones, that's when you know it's good. Anywhere between. 800 and 1,000, like, that's a pretty damn good slugging percentage. So anything over one is just astronomical. He's hitting a 1.300 slugging percentage over his last 10 games. It's his highest slugging percentage that he's ever hit in the span of his career. 
ever in the span of his career. So if you're looking for talking points for the rest of the season outside of just, oh, what's the playoff race going to look like? What's it going to look like between the Padres, the Brewers, the Phillies, all these teams within the National League? Like if you're looking for any other storyline, just anything outside of that, Albert Pujols is well on his way to reaching 700. If he manages to do that, I'd be shocked. If he could hit seven more, seven more feels like it, it, it feels like it's way out of reach. But these last games, he started this home run tear on the 10th against Colorado over there at Coors Field. Then he had two home runs against Milwaukee. He had another one against Colorado, but this time it was at home. Then he had two against Arizona. Those two were off Madison Bumgarner. That was over the weekend. And then he hit one last night. Again, a 1.3 slugging percentage in his last 10 games. Seven home runs, 14 RBIs, a five forty eight batting average. I love Albert Pujols, and it feels like with Pujols, that big contract that he got with the uh, with the Angels, kind of it, now it's looked at as one of the worst contracts that's ever been given out in baseball history, just because of the exorbitant amount. You know, you give him a ten year deal by the time he's thirty three years old, like where's that where's that going to lead? You know, and you're paying him thirty million dollars a year. It's known as one of the worst contracts of all time, but it made you forget that this dude was a killer on the field, a beast. It, it, it kind of made us forget like how great Albert Pujols was. So if he manages to reach number 700, like I'd love that for this dude. Would love that. <laughs> These numbers are insane. His average has gone up from 244 to 277 ever since August 10th. Just taking two weeks, and his batting average has made the jump that way. I mean, there are plenty of other milestones to pay attention to. Max Scherzer actually had his chance to get uh, his 200th win last night, but he wasn't able uh, to pull that off. He only needs ten. To, he only needed ten to do so prior to the season, and there have only been 130 guys who have actually reached that milestone. So Max Scherzer on his way to getting his 200th win. Uh, Anthony Rizzo. I had this as a milestone before the season, possibly getting hit by a pitch 200 times. He was 22 away this year. Now I believe he's seven, seven away from getting hit by a pitch 200 times. There's only been uh, about 12 other players that have done that. Robinson Cano, I had him on there. Jeez, just a random list of players and their milestones. But Albert Pujols is one of those guys to pay attention to. All right, on the other side. Uh, I want to get to this Tom Brady news because I'm just I'm kind of perplexed by the entire thing uh, with what went on with Tom Brady. So I do want to get to that on the other side. Plus, the nastiest thing that I've ever seen at a Yankees game. We have seen chicken tenders dipped in soda, right? Everyone's seen that video. I, I forgot which game it was, but the video surfaced a couple of years ago where... This girl is drinking a soda, and she's dipping chicken tenders into the soda. Now, it did not look staged at all. Did not look staged. It looked real. So chicken tenders and soda, didn't think anything would top that. But I saw something at a Yankee game yesterday that I think did top that for the nastiest food combination that I've seen at a baseball game. We'll get to that on the other side. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday morning. Now at 535, want to discuss the 49ers rookies. Who has stood out to you as a 49er fan? Which is the rookie that you're most looking forward to watching? Is it Drake Jackson? Is it Ty Davis Price? Is it Samuel Womack? I want to get to that at 535. Uh, but this segment, want to get to a couple of things. Because I saw this yesterday and I just, I had to mention it. You know, this is this is a pregame show special here. And I teased it going into the break, saying that this is just as disgusting from a baseball game as just as disgusting as a food trend as I've seen at a baseball game. We saw the chicken tenders with the soda. Ernie from Concord from the 925 is saying, what about that disgusting act at the Coliseum? That's Ernie from Concord. Ernie, this is a family show. All right, it's 520 in the morning. This is a family show. We are not going dis- <laughs> to discuss that disgusting act at the game. Okay, you know what? I'm going to discuss it. Like, what the hell? Why do you have to do that? Is that a, is that a pre-planned thing? Did you say, yeah, we're going to go to section 334 
we're going to be there during a day game. And we're going to be at the very top of the stands. Nobody will see us. Did anyone see the video? I mean, it's that situation. It it's it kind of made me speechless. Um, you know, you'd think you'd seen it all before. I actually think this has happened before at a baseball game. And I'm being very vague with it. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, well, just go look on social media and go look at just go search up Coliseum and what happened there. Actually, I think there were uh, there were a few people. My buddy took this video. He was at the game yesterday, and I guess people were at the uh, quote-unquote scene of the crime, and they were holding up signs. I don't want to mention what those signs say. I don't think they're appropriate for, for uh, on air, but people were holding up signs, making jokes about that thing at the Coliseum, and it brings me back to... Uh, oh, it brings me back. It brings me back to... The time when I first got started in sports radio, and uh, I was an intern. So I was an intern here at 95.7, and I I know you're probably like, Stephen, where are you going with this? Well, I was an intern at 95.7, and uh, this is when we were the A's flagship, and I was uh, I was the intern for the Rise Guys. So that show involved Whitey, Cle- Whitey Gleason, Dan Dibley, and uh, Mark Kreidler. And I remember there was a there was a there was a morning where there was a video that surfaced of people getting busy on Bart, and then to the tune of "Hungry Heart" by I believe it's Bruce Springsteen, to the tune of "Hungry Heart," Whitey Gleason created a song called "Horny Bart." <laughs> it's just just someone needs to make a song about these two at the Coliseum. Oh my goodness! Like what? Like why do you have? Why? Why? Just have some self-respect. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the hell, man? You really got to do that? Well, that's not what I was going to talk about. Now that's thrown the whole thing off track. I'm just sitting here at 522 in the morning. And, Damn you, Ernie! I blame Ernie. Not the Comcast business text line. Of course, 888-957-9570 if you'd like to weigh in. Uh, but that's not what I was talking about. Yesterday, there was something at a baseball game, at a Yankee game specifically, that I saw. This is just blasphemous. All right? This man, I'm not trying to be too harsh. I don't want to be over the top. I don't want to be hyperbolic. But this man should be arrested. This man should be arrested from the Yankee game. Because this is a video that surfaced. Now, you don't really have any sound of it. It's not like the commentators are commenting on it. This was from the outfield. It looks like this was along the left field. It looks like it's along the... It looks like it's out just next to left field along the third baseline. I see the third base foul line right there. But the video is of this guy, and he's at the very edge of the row. So everybody can see you. Like, everyone can see what you're doing. If you're at the edge of the row, you're in the aisle seat, right? Or as we used to call them back at Raider games, the beer seat. Because every single time that someone would pass by you, they'd drop some of their beer on you because people at Raider games couldn't control themselves sometimes. But this dude is in the beer seat. That's what we'll call it. Right in the aisle. And he is drinking a beer. So this guy has a lone hot dog. Just a, just a hot dog. No butt. A lone hot dog. And he has a straw. He is poking the straw through the hot dog, creating a hole in the hot dog, and using the hot dog as a straw for his beer. I'm watching the video right now. He just 
puts the straw in the hot dog and then puts the hot dog in the beer and starts drinking the beer through the hot dog. Why do people do these things? How do you even think of that? Oh man, look at that. You know what what do you do? Do you just go up to the uh do you go up to the concession stand and you you order just a hot dog, no bun? Well, what do you want just a hot dog for? I'm using it as a straw. Hey, can I get a straw? First of all, you don't need a straw with beer. It's a beer. All right? And I actually like the trend of tall cans now at these games. I love I love the tall can trend that's going on. You know, at the A's game, they have that open... It's kind of like a convenience store almost at the A's games, right? I believe they still have that, where you could just go to the fridge and you could... Uh, they, have a, they have a bunch of uh, sections and you could just pick out a beer, pick out whatever, and then go scan it on your own and then go about your merry way. But this dude has the old school cup and is using a hot dog as a straw at a Yankee game. Where are we at in society, people? And I know... Slow news day, huh? Well, quite frankly, it is a slow news day if that's what you want to count it as. But when it comes to sports talk radio, I had to mention this. Like a beer, like a hot dog straw with a beer. Just, there are so many things wrong with that on multiple levels. That dude needed to be kicked out of the game. And I don't know what caused this trend, too. But as we're talking about trends, what's up with, uh, why are we calling hot dogs glizzies now? Like, I looked it up on Urban Dictionary. Is that really, like, where we're going? We got to call them glizzies? <laughs> because cause the caption on this video is not the glizzy straw. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that is, but the hot dog straw. It's just unbelievable. But speaking of things in sports, I don't know. I, I, there's no way to transition to this. There's absolutely no way I could transition from a hot dog straw to this. Uh, but just to clarify some things. So we've seen that Tom Brady has been out of training camp for a while. We've seen that he has been MIA. You know, the only thing that we've heard is that Tom Brady just hasn't been at practice. That's all we've heard. You know, there's there's really hasn't been much from the team. Been a lot of mystery surrounding that. Um, and then there was a report that said he was participating in the masked singer. Participating in the masked singer. Really? In the mask singer? So that turned out to not be true. Tom Brady uh, tweets out, and I'm just going to say this too. It's not Tom Brady running the Twitter account. It's definitely someone from Tom Brady's TV12 team that runs it. I don't buy for a second that Tom Brady does anything on Twitter. Like, I really don't. Everyone goes crazy when Tom Brady tweets anything, but I'm like, it's not Tom that's tweeting it. I don't think it's Tom. Uh, But Tom Brady tweets out that I wasn't on the mask singer last week was wearing a mask, though, and quote tweets it from his underwear brand, his Brady underwear brand of a guy wearing his his Brady underwear riding a motorcycle. So it's like, what have you been doing? You've been riding motorcycles or something, Tom? What have you been up to? Well, per Pro Football Network, league sources indicated that Brady's time away from the team included a trip to the Bahamas as an exclusive resort and primary for family time with his wife, Giselle, His commitment to family and having a personal life was at the heart of this hiatus from football, and there was no medical emergency, as speculated or other reasons. So it wasn't anything medical. He was just going to hang out with his family. Now, there's good reason for that. You know, it's it's family time. Like Tom Brady, 
especially with that Buccaneers team, which is just full of veterans and, you know, the offensive line that they're going to be rolling out there, like a lot of the offensive line is hurt for the Buccaneers. Um, so maybe they do need to, uh, I, I think they do need to, I mean, he might need to work with some of those backups, but for the most part, Tom Brady doesn't need training camp. I think what my takeaway from this was, uh, and I'll be a part of this too. I was on that Friday show filling in for the morning roast with Shasky when the report surfaced that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't text anybody after the 2017 season, the summer after the 2017 season, and essentially vanished. And, you know, I'll say on the front end, yeah, I was going crazy for that because, uh, because this whole thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think there's uh, a lot more to him than meets the eye because we just, think that he's the greatest teammate of all time, you know? And, uh, and so I was looking at that video or looking at the, uh, looking at that report, but in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? And I'm surprised that there wasn't as much questioning surrounding this. Like Tom Brady just ups and unretires and then leaves the team and is not around for training camp. Like, I was surprised that this did not spark more of, uh, you know, it just on the headlines for ESPN, the headlines for FS1, and then spending an entire show on it. Like, that, Tom Brady just randomly leaving in the middle of training camp, that's, uh, that, that is something where, that you could be skeptical about. But turns out that it's his time away from the team and it included a trip to the Bahamas at an exclusive resort and primarily for time for family time with his wife, Giselle, and his commitment to family and having a personal life was at the heart of his hiatus from football. So I get that. I get it. But why did you book a vacation in the middle of training camp? Like if I was a Buccaneers fan and I'm seeing that a majority of the offensive line is hurt right now, Ryan Jensen, their star center, their Pro Bowl center, he's going to be out for the year. Tristan Wirfs, the left tackle, uh, he's going to be out. Ali Marpe who was a stud, he ended up retiring. So you're going out there with the new offensive line. If I was a Buccaneers fan, I wouldn't be feeling too good about this. I personally wouldn't be feel too good about this. From the 650, oh my God, I cannot stand that term. Can we not have that word be in the slanguage? A hot dog's a hot dog. It's not a sandwich either. That's Drake from Mountain View. Agreed. From the 925, Glizzy is a Glock, and that's ultimate fandom, if you ask me. I'd never do it, though. Ultimate fandom? Ultimate fandom drinking a beer out of a hot dog straw is an ult- is ult- is an ultimate fandom move. <laughs> you know what it is though. You know what it is. It's a guy who don't give an f about what people think about him, and I respect that. I respect that because he's right in the aisle. Like I said, this dude at the Yankee game, this dude at the Yankee game drinking a beer with a hot dog straw. Puts the straw in the hot dog, creates a hole in the hot dog, and uses said hot dog as a straw for his beer. Like that one? Whew! <laughs> oh, the random things that we come up with on the pregame show. All right. Uh, from the 415, excited might not be the right word, but Banks and Burfer need to show up this year. So that's what I want to talk about on the other side. Uh, that text set it up perfectly, 415, so thank you. On the other side... Is a 49er fan. Which rookie are you most looking forward to? We've had a good look at them. We've had two weeks. 
Who's the rookie this year that you're keeping an eye on? Because it seems like this rookie class for the 49ers is shaping out to be a pretty nice one, one where there's going to be some impact players on this team. So who is going to be that guy for you? 888-957-9570. Because we got plenty of people who are commenting on these guys, plenty of guys who are talking about them. D'Amico Ryans, though, he said something at his press conference about Womack, and he says that he is showing film of a former 49er, and this one, this is just me, it made me scratch my head because I'm wondering, well, why didn't they sign him back? I want to get to that on the other side. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. It's 5.40 on a Tuesday morning, so thank you so much for joining me. And if you have Mondays off, then welcome back from the weekend. But we got plenty to get to here in the final half hour, the final 20 minutes of the show, I should say. Uh, And I want to focus specifically on the rookies here for the first 10 minutes. And then I also want to focus on Jimmy G in the last 10 minutes because today is cut day. So you're going to be cutting the roster from 85 to 80. There's already been one as the 49ers did sign veteran safety to Sean Gibson. And Gibson's a veteran, not as good in pass coverage as he used to be, uh, but I think that this shows that the Jimmy Ward injury uh, that had uh, that had occurred through training camp uh, that is, it's well that injury they can't get past it uh, for week one. So it's looking like I, I don't think the the confidence level of Jimmy Ward playing in week one uh, it is very low. But at the same time, you're playing the Bears. So, it'll be okay. The Bears have a couple of playmakers on offense. You know, I think their wide receiver, Darnell Mooney, could be very good. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, he can make a good throw from time to time. But I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about that Bears, uh, that Bears offense. So, you know, after week one, I mean, even, I mean, even after week one, I was looking at the schedule yesterday, just kind of perusing through the schedule. I mean, the first three games... You got Chicago, you got Seattle, and then we'll see what Denver's made of. Denver has a pretty good defense. We'll see what their offense looks like with Russell Wilson. Uh, but those first three games leading up to that uh, to, the, to that Rams game in Week Four, I mean, those first three games, you should be you should be able to get past those three teams. I think so with the amount of talent that you have here uh, with the 49ers. But again, it's more. It's more unknown uh, with Denver. So they did sign that veteran free agent safety. But uh, speaking of free agents, and I want to talk about the rookies here. There's plenty of rookies. that You, you go down the list, and even going back to last year, um, you know, Talanoa Hufunga was in the fifth round. Elijah Mitchell was the sixth-round pick. But the first five picks before that, a lot of those, a lot of those picks – you're not going to say at all that they're uh you're not going to say at all that they're bust. You got Trey Lance obviously, and Trey Lance is your guy, but after that, Aaron Banks was a second rounder and you're just hoping that he could be a good starting guard. 
Trey Sermon. I don't even know if Trey Sermon's going to make the team. Ombre Thomas and Diamador Lenore, Jalen Moore, a lot of those guys, it's it's still TBD with them. So we'll see what happens in their second year. But with these draft picks in 2022, with Drake Jackson, Ty Davis-Price taken in the third round, the running back, Danny Gray, the wide receiver, Spencer Burford, who's going to be your starting guard, Samuel Womack, who it's looking more and more likely is going to be your starting nickel corner. And actually, that's what I want to get to with D'Amico Ryans. Then you also got Nick Zakelge from Fordham, who's your sixth rounder. That's a guy who really, it doesn't look like he's going to be starting for this team. We're actually going to wonder if he can make this team. Uh, Kalia Davis from UCF in the sixth round. Tariq Castro-Fields also in the sixth round. And then Brock Purdy in the seventh round. So really, it's those late round picks where... You're not really sure if they can make the team, but these first few picks in this draft, they're looking pretty good so far. But speaking on, I, I do want to get to Drake Jackson and Ty Davis-Price, but speaking on Samuel Womack, this dude has showed out so far through training camp and through these preseason games. Like that pick that he had in the first week against the Packers, that's one where not a lot of cornerbacks can do that. Not a lot of cornerbacks can track that ball can turn around, look last second, and have the skills to actually make the interception. Like, very impressed with Samuel Womack so far. But you also got to wonder, how good is he at getting to the quarterback? How good is he at blitzing? Because that, from the nickel corner spot for the 49ers, that's a vital role that he has with that team. And you're looking to replace a guy in Kwan Williams. And I heard this from D'Amico Ryans yesterday. Now, I'm not trying to spark any outrage here uh, because you know this is this is the type of take where I could you know people would call me Stephen A or Skip a, Skip Bayless and say that I'm being a hot take artist here uh, but D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator he said this yesterday because he was asked about Samuel Womack in this preseason game this previous one against the Vikings he was asked what he saw from Womack on the two blitzes that he had sent him from the slot so here is what D'Amico Ryan's 49ers defensive coordinator had to say about Womack happy with the way Womack executed his two blitzes in, in the game on Saturday? Yeah, he, he did an okay job. We were working on it, right? We are working on getting him blitzed, and it's, uh, you know, it's a little different when you've had uh, one of the best nickels, I think, to play in K1 Williams and just his style of the way he blitzes, the way he's get it, able to get after the quarterback and also play the run. It's just I was just showing those guys and teaching them you know, off of some of his tape and what he's done and what they have to bring. Now, the reason that they ended up drafting Womack, I think, is to possibly take up the spot of Kwan Williams. Kwan signed a two-year deal with the Denver Broncos, so you're going to be seeing him in that Week 3 game. Uh, going to be a revenge game of sorts for Kwan. But when I heard that, when I heard Ryan say that he was showing these guys film of a previous 49er, that was one that was a head-scratcher to me. Like, K1 could have been had, and this is just, you know, he's no longer on the team. You want to focus on these guys on the team. But if, if, this is a big if, if the nickel corner position seems to be a weak point on that defense, a defense where your front seven is stout, when you get Jimmy Ward back, you're feeling good about Jimmy Ward and Hufanga there as your safeties. On the opposite sides with cornerback, 
Charvarius Ward, three years, $40 million. He's expected to be the CB1. When he gets back from injury, Emmanuel Mosley on the other side. There really aren't many weak points on this defense. Not at all. So nickel corner is one to watch. And if there are deficiencies there, you know, if Womack doesn't turn out to be who you wanted him to be, I'm I'm going to go back and think, like, well, why didn't they sign K-1 in the first place? That one kind of just happened where we didn't really focus on it too much, you know, because baseball season's starting to come around. You got the draft. You're so excited. You know, football season's over. You want to move off it for a little bit, take a vacation. It's kind of like Lakin Tomlinson, right? Lakin Tomlinson was all of a sudden just with the Jets. You know, the left guard, who was fantastic last year. But it just felt to me, two years, $5 million, feels like he could have paid K-1. It's just just strange. I, I haven't heard that before from a coach where they're saying, yeah, we're showing them tape of a guy who was here last year, a guy who I consider to be the best nickel corner in the game. So you, man, you... You add K1 to that Denver defense, they could be pretty good. Now, it's not to say that Samuel Womack can't take advantage of the position. It's not to say that he's not going to live up to what K- K1 Williams, uh, to the standard that K1 had set at the nickel corner spot. But he was just a guy that we didn't really pay attention to much uh, to in the offseason. So it's just, I heard that. I just, it, it caught my ear yesterday when I was listening to Ryan speak. He had a variety of things to say uh, about a lot of different guys. Uh, but the one guy that I'm most excited for from this defense, uh, at least uh, from the 49ers draft picks, it is Drake Jackson. I think Drake Jackson can be an absolute stud on this defensive line. And really, I don't even think by the middle of the season, you know, by the time you are facing. Let's just say you're at the, I don't know, let's say you're at the eighth game of the season. The eighth game. That'll be your second time playing the Rams. I wouldn't be shocked if by the middle of the season, by the eighth game, I wouldn't be shocked if Drake Drake Jackson has that spot solidified opposite Nick Bosa. I think Drake Jackson has more upside than Ebukam. You know, that's the guy that they're talking about. They're going to rotate between those two. Kind of a... We don't want to say like a defensive end by committee, an edge rusher by committee on the right side of the edge or depending on wherever Nick, the opposite of wherever Nick Bose is lining up. So I think Drake Jacks can absolutely take that spot. I think he's got the athleticism. D'Amico Ryans was saying like he's got that God gifted ability, something that. Just not a lot of guys have. And he said Drake Jackson has that. So some very high praise from uh, from D'Amico Ryan. So can't wait to see them. I think Womack can be a very good nickel corner. Again, I don't think that um, he's going to give you a reason to look back on that Kwan Williams signing with the Broncos. But I'm just saying, if he does, I mean, you're going to think that at the beginning of the year, D'Amico Ryan's was saying he was showing tape of Kwan Williams to Samuel Womack. I've, I just haven't heard that before. Haven't heard that before. Uh, But moving on to the other rookies here. So, Drake Jackson was the second overall pick. The third. You got two third-rounders. You got one with Ty Davis-Price and one with Danny Gray. It looks like Danny Gray has worked himself into possibly being the primary slot receiver. Now, that's going to be a rotating door. I don't know what's going to... Their sixth receiver most likely is going to be Malik Turner. It looks like that's his position to lose. There's going to be, you're going to be able to read a lot from this preseason game here, this week three one coming up. Coming up this Thursday, by the way, coming up in a couple of days. I think you're going to see 
who is the slot guy. I don't know if Danny Gray is that dude. You know, training camp, he's gotten better ever since the beginning. I went to the first four practices, didn't see a ton from Gray, didn't see a ton of separation, but then in week one of the preseason, he's up against the Packers, and even though it was against Dolan Levitt, who from the Packers is a special teams guy at best, like a third-string safety, Danny Gray still beat him on the go-route, still made a great catch, still got into the end zone. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. I don't... I don't buy into the whole, well, you're doing it against these third stringers. Yeah, if you do it against third stringers, that means that you are beating the lower level of competition. I always talk about that like within within soccer, for example, within the Premier League. I'm doing a cross-sport analogy here from football to football. If you're not beating these lower level teams, then how am I supposed to expect your team to beat You know, the Liverpools? The Manchester United, shout out to Man U for getting the win over Liverpool. Can't stand either of those teams. Wish it would have been a draw. How are you going to you know, go up against a team like Arsenal, who's really good right now, if you're not beating the lower-level teams? That's kind of the way that I look at these players in preseason. And that's why I want to talk about Ty Davis-Price. Because Ty Davis-Price, the third-rounder, he's proven already that against these lower-level guys that he is the better football player, that he belongs, that he can possibly go against the starters. And I think Ty Davis-Price, this third-round pick, you know, it was a question. Like, what? what, last year they took a running back in the third round, then they take another running back in the third round the, the following season? Why is that? Well, that's because Trey Sermon has underperformed. Trey Sermon has underperformed, and Ty Davis-Price, I think that he's going to beat Trey Sermon out with that spot. At best, Trey Sermon is going to be a special teams guy. Matt Barrows from The Athletic, who covers the 49ers, he was on with Willard and Dibbs yesterday, and he says that Trey Sermon still needs to take some steps in order to make this 49ers roster. You know, to me, that's the question. I mean, do you do you have do you want to keep like a Michael Hasty, who kind of offers you something different, gives you a a third down option, um, or do you keep uh, Trey Sermon, who? You know, he's better than he was last year. He's bigger than he was last year. You know, I wonder how much he's going to play. He needs to show up in this in this game against the Texans on Thursday, I think, to uh, to really kind of make this an easy decision for the 49ers. I mean, I think they want to keep him. Um, he was a high draft pick last year. Of course they do. But uh, he needs to show something that he hasn't shown thus far. And I think Ty Davis-Price has shown enough to where they like him more from that running back spot. I mean, Kyle Shanahan just straight up said about Trey Sermon, it is what it is. It was what I expected. I don't think that's a that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. And today, you're cutting down the roster from 85 to 80. I don't think Trey Sermon is going to be a part of that grouping because you want to see him perform on Thursday. So we'll wait to see. 80 to 53, that's a lot of players, man. That is a lot of guys. Uh, But last guy I want to talk about uh, from the rookies, and then I want to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, The last guy I want to talk about here is Spencer Burford. This fourth rounder is looking like a steal in the draft. You've seen this all the time with linemen. You could find a lineman like this in the middle of the rounds. It's not always just a first-round lineman who's going to you know, have a prolonged career. They're they're not all going to be, you know... Quentin Nelson's, uh, Mike McGlinchey, a guy was taken in the first round. I think that's something to monitor uh, to see if he plays going into it. But you can find some gems in the middle of the fourth round. And Jordan Schultz, who is 
a national reporter for the NBA and the NFL. This dude, Jordan Schultz, sometimes he put things out on Twitter, which are, he just says, you know, sources say this, and you don't really buy into it. But this one, I saw this quote, and I could buy into this, from Jordan Schultz. Again, NFL reporter. A source told him from the 49ers, it's like they already have a five-year pro. He's very sound, very smart, and very long. He ran outside zone in college, plug-and-play guy. And maybe the best part, Trey Lance has total trust in him. So out of all the guys that I talked about, Drake Jackson, who could be a stud, Ty Davis-Price and Danny Gray, Samuel Womack, but Spencer Burford could be one of the unsung heroes in this draft. I think this dude is setting up for a nice little career already, and I've only seen a few games of him and a few practices of him. But he has the size that you want as a guard. And right from the get-go, he was running out there with the ones and didn't look like a rookie, did not look overwhelmed. Looks like he belongs. So I'm excited to see uh, what these rookies can do. Uh, But continuing on, today, again, it's the cut-down day. They're going to trim the roster from 85 to 80. The deadline is at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And Cam Midman, who covers the 49ers. Now, there's been some questions about what they're going to do with the backup quarterback spot. Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy, those two guys, they showcased what they got on Saturday. And it didn't leave a lot of 49ers fans thinking, ooh, you know what, we have a great backup for Trey Lance. So some are thinking, ah, we should keep Jimmy Garoppolo on. Just in case, just so you have him as a backup. Well, Cam Inman was on Damon and Ratto yesterday, and here's what Cam Inman had to say about the possibility of the 49ers keeping Jimmy G as a backup. I don't think it's even part of the conversation because he hasn't been on the field one second with this team since the NFC Championship game. He hasn't practiced with them. He's worked on the side. He's been throwing to equipment managers on the side, not to any teammate. Would he be welcomed by his teammates? Probably. It's just they've moved on to a different era. The page has been turned. It's been turned for months. There are no signals whatsoever that they would consider doing that. And then one more, because he says not only do the 49ers know it, but Jimmy G knows that he's not going to be a 49er. He just wants this resolved, and he knows that it's sooner or later it's going to happen. When I've talked to him off the record, off to the side, the impression I get is he's resigned to the fact that he's not going to be part of this team and that he's going to be going somewhere else as professional athletes do and move along. And I don't sense any discontent from him the way things have unfolded, that it's just been uh, inevitable that at some point Trey Lance would take over. And everything throughout this offseason has indicated that. Do I think that he's going to be cut today? No. I don't think so. I think it would benefit him because if he's cut today, then that gives him some time to sign with another team. Hell, I don't know. Maybe even play a couple of snaps in a preseason game with another team. I mean, if you cut him today, then you give him a couple of days, gets a simplistic view of the playbook. I know everyone always wants to say, well, he's not going to have time to learn the playbook, not going to have time to learn the playbook. No, you can run some set plays, some set base plays that are just simple to run. You can do that through preseason. So it would benefit Jimmy G to do that. I don't know why the 49ers have still kept him on the roster, but at the same time, if you're just cutting it by five players, I mean, there's plenty of other guys that you want to watch out for. Like, you got to make the decision here whether you want to keep, you know, maybe five receivers and five running backs and then go with two quarterbacks. Maybe you want to cut it down to get to four running backs 
and maybe keep five wide receivers and keep three quarterbacks? Like there have to be some decisions that are made here on the Thursday, and you won't know until after the preseason game. You might have to. Kyle Shanahan might need to see some more reps from these guys before he makes any final decisions. Look, I I personally don't think that Jimmy G is going to be cut before the 1 p.m. deadline, but you could see it at any point. Um, at any point in time, you've already had one, by the way, you already had one with Austin Mack, who was the wide receiver who unfortunately got hurt. Then after he got hurt, you kind of felt like that was going to be uh, his time. So let's just put it to bed. Jimmy Garoppolo, not going to be with this team, no matter what happens here in the preseason and Thursday. I think you're going to see who the backup quarterback is. You heard my take on it already. I think they only need to stick with two. I think go out there with Trey, Pick between Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy. Nate Sudfeld probably has less of a chance of being signed by any other team if he ends up going to the practice squad. So you might be able to stash him away there, Brock Purdy. Some might want to take a chance on a seventh rounder, but they already guaranteed the money for Nate Sudfeld. So you can go back and forth on it any way you want. I just don't think Jimmy G is uh, going to be with this team in the future here. And Cam Inman says as such, who covers the 49ers, been doing it for a very long time. All right, that's going to do it for me. Been a lot of fun on today's show. The hot dog straw from the Yankee game. Oh my God. A hot dog straw. Never again. Never again. And then to the Little League World Series kid who think ESPN was rigging their game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.